the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Nations will rise and fall. Kingdoms will come and go. It would not surprise me at all in the next 300 years that the United States of America doesn't even, that it, it ceased to exist. It's not even here. But there's one thing that will be here. The church, it will still be alive. It will still be triumphant. It will still be well because he is an immovable stone and he continues to build his church in spite of all the persecution in this world. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today. Now, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're looking at 1 Peter, the first letter that he wrote. And if you were here the last couple of weeks, you know that this letter was written to believers, people like you and I, back in the first century, that were being persecuted for their faith. And last week, we looked at specifically at five different levels that lead to persecution. Stereo, when you're stereotyped, vilified, marginalized, criminalized, and then persecuted. And I asked you last week, how many of you as Christians living here in America today have experienced one of these five things, or if not all of them? And so this letter was written to people in the first century, but it, it applies to people who are living in this century. Now we finished chapter one, We looked at things that were to do and things were not to do. Today, as we look at chapter 2, start into chapter 2, we want to look at three things that you, if you're feeling like you're a stranger in the world, if you're going through any type of trial, if you're going through any type of difficulty or depression, or specifically as a Christian, if you feel like a stranger in this world, and you're being vilified and marginalized, we want to look at three things that you need to hold on to today. And the first one, write this down, are the scriptures or the Bible or God's word. This book is your life jacket in the midst of the storm. And as a Christian in this world, you need to hold on to have a life jacket, which is the word of God. Now, we concluded last week by looking at the first few verses of chapter 2, but go back to the end of chapter 1, verse 24. It says that all men are like what? All men are like grass, and all of their glory is like the flowers of the field, and the grass withers, 
and the flowers fall, verse 25, but the word of the Lord stands what? Forever. I've told you this, uh, the last five fights that Manny Pacquiao has had, he invites me to come and do the chapels. And uh, the Filipino people come out of the woodwork to be there, right? I mean, when Manny Pacquiao goes somewhere, the Filipino people show up. And it's never just one or two. It's like they have like 30 people with them. (laughs) And uh, I really feel sometimes that the only reason they want to get a picture with me is because they think I'm a friend of Manny Pacquiao's. (laughs) And if you're not careful, that stuff starts to go to your head. And I have a pastor who helps me with these events, Pastor Mike. And I always say this to Pastor Mike. I hold up my little finger. I go, Mike, I just want you to know, don't let this go to your head. I'm just a blade of grass. And the Bible says that the flower falls and the grass withers. And the truth of the matter is Manny Pacquiao is just a blade of grass. The President of the United States of America is just a blade of grass. All men are like grass. We're all withering. Some of us are withering right now as we sit here. But there's only one thing that lasts forever, and that is the Word of God. Amen? (laughs) Kingdoms. Kingdoms will rise and fall, but the Word of God stands forever. Kings and queens can take their throne. They will eventually be dethroned. Presidents can be elected, and then they're thrown out. Nations come and go. Multitudes around the world inhabit this earth. And you're here, you live to be 60, 70, 80, 90. If you're lucky, you live to be 100. But eventually, we all die. We're all gone. But when we're all dead and gone, the Word of God will stand forever. And what he's reminding them, stay with me, is that these are people who are going through a turbulent time. They are in the eye of the hurricane. And what he's saying is that when people start harassing you and when people misunderstand you and when people marginalize you and when people show prejudices against you, all those people will eventually disappear. And the only thing that will remain is the Word of God. And so if you need, in the midst of a storm, something that that, that you can hold on to, something that will get you through that storm, hold on to the Word of God. But he says something else in this text that we have to understand. If you go to chapter 2, verse 1, he says, therefore, everybody say therefore, Therefore. since the word is eternal, you, he's talking to Christians, you need to rid yourselves. Instead of worrying about how other people are treating you, you need to rid yourself of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Instead, verse 2, like newborn babies, you need to crave pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation. And what he's getting at in verse 1 when he says to rid yourselves is this. I want you to write this down. Don't mistreat those who mistreat you. Because what was happening, and it's easy to see this, is that when people mistreat you, when people marginalize you, 
you start to have malice in your heart towards the person that's mistreating you. You start to marginalize the people that are marginalizing you. You start to slander people that are slandering you. Why, you can see that in race relations in this country, the United States of America. Anytime someone or somebody does or says something wrong towards you, if you're not careful in your heart, your heart will be filled with anger and resentment and malice towards them. And all of a sudden you wake up one day, you've become just as bad as the person that was mistreating you. And what he says is the first thing you need to do, get rid of all the malice and the deceit and the slander in you. Instead, verse 2, like a newborn baby, crave pure. This book is pure. This book is not twisted to someone's political agenda. This is the pure, unadulterated word of God. And when you're in the midst of the storm, uh, when things are going bad, You need to crave this book, grow up, write this down. What he's saying is, don't quit your faith, but continue to grow in your faith. Be mature. This is not the time to get bitter. This is the time to turn the page and keep maturing and growing in your salvation. Whenever anyone is harassing you, whenever anyone is trying to vilify you or marginalize you, Don't let them keep you or derail you in your Christian walk. And that's what happens. We oftentimes just shut down when things don't go our way or we get hurt and we just kind of give up. This happens all the time. Listen to me. All men will let you down. But you cannot quit when someone disappoints you. Don't give up just because things are difficult in your life. And you can imagine when you're in struggling and you're by yourself and you don't think anyone cares and you're being pushed to the side and you're being vilified and marginalized, you could see, you could say, well, why should I keep going? No one appreciates me. I, I keep being, being pushed down. This isn't the time for you to pack your bags and leave. This is the time for you to hunker down to the word of God and begin to grow. You should actually grow through those trials. In other words, he's saying, don't be a baby. Grow up in your faith, amen? Amen. Second thing you have at your disposal, write this down, you have Jesus. This is the good stuff. How many many of you want the good stuff today? Oh, this is the good stuff. I just want to read this, all right? This is all about Jesus. There's a lot in this, but look at verse 4. As you come to him, which is Jesus, the living stone, which was rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to God, you also like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Verse 7, Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Now I see a lot of stones here. I want to give you four. Here's the first one. Write this down. Jesus is a living stone. 
He's a living stone. There in verse 4, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. It's talking about Jesus who was chosen. We looked at this last week, chapter 1, verse 21, that before the creation of the world, uh, before you were here, before anything was here, God knew that the world was going to need a Savior, and he was prepared to send his Son. And and God knew exactly the fact that you would be here today, but before the creation of the world, he knew he had to have a plan for you to get saved. And so he sent his Son into this world. But in verse 4, we just read it, and in verse 7, it says that man rejected him, and then they stripped him, And then they ridiculed him and scorned him and beat him and mocked him and they spit on him and thorned him and hung him and crucified him and speared him and then they buried him for three days and three nights. He's in the belly of the earth. His flesh is decaying. His heart is no longer beating. There is no air pushing through his lungs. He is dead. He is buried for three days. And on Easter morning, God breathed life back into Jesus. And Jesus conquered the grave. He conquered the death. And he arose victoriously. He is the living stone. All other stones are just stones. They're just rocks. They don't breathe. They don't have a heartbeat. They don't have emotions. They cannot talk. They cannot eat. They cannot breathe. They cannot laugh. They cannot dance. They're just rocks. But Jesus is a living stone. He lives. He's victorious. He is eternal. And the point is, if he is alive, if he has conquered the worst thing that can ever happen to any of us, which is that we die Remember that you too are victorious. No matter what happens to you, if you have Jesus, you have nothing, honey, to worry about. And then at number two, he says he's a cornerstone. Not only is he a living stone, he's a cornerstone. In verse 6a, it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, chosen a precious cornerstone. Everybody say cornerstone. Now, cornerstone, here's what would happen. If you're going to build any kind of building... You would go down the quarry. You wouldn't just find a rock. You would find a rock, and then you'd cut the rock. And then it was the first rock that was set. And from that rock, the foundation was set. And from those foundations, the walls would be built with the roof. And it all came down. The entire structure was built based upon that first stone, which is the corner stone. And... This is a reminder that Jesus Christ is the founder or the cornerstone of the church of Jesus Christ. There is no church. There's no such thing as a church without the cornerstone being laid. And everything we do here at Shepherd is built upon Jesus Christ. The church belongs to Jesus Christ. And everything we do, Christ is at the core of all that we do. Now I want to ask you a question. Who is it that's writing this letter? Peter said that Jesus is the living stone and the what? Who said that? Okay, I I want you to stay there, but I want you to go back to Matthew 16. Go back to Matthew 16. 
Matthew 16, verse 13. Jesus came to a region called Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? What he's asking is, what's the word on the street? Who do people say I am? In verse 14, they replied, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah. Still others, Jeremiah. Some people think that you're just one of the prophets. And then Jesus in verse 15, he says, but what about you? He's talking to the disciples. He's talking to Peter. And he says to the disciples, who do you got? Oh, so that's the word on the street. Who do you guys think I am? And Simon Peter, the same guy that wrote first Peter. Simon Peter answers, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Everybody say that. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, when Jesus hears this, he says in verse 17, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And then verse 18 is a very controversial verse in the Bible. It just is. And Jesus said, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my what? My church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. There's a debate on that verse. When Jesus said, you are Peter, and on this rock, the Catholic Church teaches that Peter is the rock, and that he is going to be the main stone that the kingdom of God is built upon. The conclusion that they draw, they just draw it, they teach that Peter's the first pope because of this verse right here. And so some people think it's not Peter, that the rock was what he confessed when he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, that that's the pillar. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Peter, and upon this rock, that when Jesus said this rock, he wasn't talking about Peter. He was talking about what Peter confessed, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the rock upon which the church will be built. So the question is, which is it? Is it Peter or Jesus? Which one? Well, go back. If you want to know the answer, Peter gives us the answer. He was there in Matthew 16. He go to 1 Peter 2, verse 6. He tells you. He says, God laid a stone in Jerusalem that was chosen. It was precious. It is a cornerstone. And in the Greek, that word means the chief cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him, Jesus, will never be put to shame. Peter tells us that the church is built not upon me. It's not built upon Peter The church is built and anchored upon Jesus Christ. And if you're going to hold on to anything, you better hold on to Jesus Christ, is what he's saying there. (laughs) Next we see he's an immovable stone. Immovable. This stone's not going anywhere. Now look at verse 5. He says, you also. Everybody say, you also. also. Say, y'all. Same thing. Y'all, now notice these words, you're the living stones. Verse 4, Jesus is the living stone, but now he says, you all, 
are like living stones, and you are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, I could, there's 10 points in that verse, but I only want to make one, and that is that you guys are all mini-me's. You're Jesus's mini-me's. Jesus is a living stone in verse 4, and you also are like living stones, and Jesus, as he is the founder of the church, he continually adds people like you and me for the last 2,000 years. God has been building the church. Jesus has been building the church for 2,000 years. He's a living stone, a cornerstone. He's an immovable stone. He's not going anywhere. And every single day around the world for the last 2,000 years, people have been coming to Christ and he keeps building his spiritual house. Now, usually when we build a house, we want all the stones to be the same color. But God likes color. Oh, I'm going to say that again. God likes color. He doesn't like all his stones to be the same color. Typically, it says that every single day in China, there are 32,000 people that give their life to Jesus Christ. Every single day in Africa, 20,000 people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Every single day in South America, there are over 10,000 people who come to Christ. You think about today in the United States of America from the East Coast to the West Coast, how many people today in churches across this country where the gospel is preached, people are coming, probably 10, 15,000 people today in America will give their lives to Christ. When God builds his church, he brings people from all over the world. They're every shade, they're every color. It's his church. He's the cornerstone. We're little living stones. And for the last 2,000 years, the church is still here. And 2,000 years from now, in spite of persecution, in spite of being vilified, in spite of being marginalized, the church will still be here. Nations will rise and fall. Kingdoms will come and go. It would not surprise me at all in the next 300 years that the United States of America doesn't even, that it, it ceased to exist. It's not even here. But there's one thing that will be here. The church, it will still be alive. It will still be triumphant. It will still be well because he is an immovable stone and he continues to build his church in spite of all the persecution in this world. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? 
just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley